Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWarrior Podcast 7. My name is Phil, and I'll be your host again tonight. It is December 14th, 2011, and with me again, I've got Darren, Stephen, and Brandon. Now, Stephen was with us last uh, week, but he was actually silenced. Uh, he was feeding us some info uh, in the background, but he's going to be with us today. So, uh, yeah, Stephen, you want to kick off your shout-outs and introduce yourself? Uh, sure. My name is Stephen. Uh, I started the Hyperpulse Radio and uh, pretty much combined in with No Gets No Galaxy. And I'd like to give a shout out to my best friend and brother uh, who are currently serving overseas. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, which branch is he? Uh, my best friend is Marine Corps and my brother's in the Army. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Be safe out there, brothers. All right. How about you, Brandon? Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Marbo Belrick, good friend of mine, and all my friends in Wolves in Exile. Alright, you Wolves. And the old wolf himself, Darren. <laughs> As Darren, aka Bombadil, I'll just give a quick shout out to my friends in WIE and TCH. Hey, guys. Alright, and now I'm going to give a shout out to CCP. Thanks for fiction, fixing a lot of guys. Now get back to work and fix more. Um, CCP is the developers of EVE Online. They're getting their act together, finally. It's taken long enough. All right, guys, we've got a lot to cover. First off, uh, again, request uh, from the devs to you guys out there, keep updating the wiki. Um, you know, uh, I think from for the most part, throughout the week I was checking it, a lot of work's been done to it. Keep doing it. But today was a unique day. Uh, today we had intervi interview number two, and it was with Randall Bills. First off, you know, huge part in, in Pretty much everyone who listens to this lives, I mean, whether you know it or not, through the novels. I mean, he's, he's been such a big influence. And you really, me personally, I don't know about how you guys feel. I had no idea that he had this much, I mean, uh, involvement in all these things. And it was really cool. He is a genuine lore master. I mean, so what? first off, his picture. Let, let's talk about his picture. If you, if you don't have it up, pull it up. The first thing that pops up to mind is... Uh, Maturity. Oh, <laughs> Hold on, first Age, off, Darren, wisdom. What, what did you say a few minutes ago? Come on. Well, you got to like the guy, you know, he's more mature like me. He's got glasses and he's got a beard with uh, some gray in it. I like him already. All right, I'll give you that. And in the background, uh, I can't really see anything that doesn't have to do with Battletech. I mean, it's it's really cool. I mean, coffee cup mugs, Draconis combined insignia on it, an Overlord gold dropship. He's got a gold Timberwolf and a few other... I mean, everything. Uh, Hell yeah. The trading card game in the background there. I want like an hour in his room there. <laughs> and that's just like a corner of his room. Uh, he also has a katana, and from what I un understood, uh, the first post in reply to it, this interview was uh, um, the Steel City MechWarriors uh, you know, gaming group had sent him to that one fast and closed. And, you know, it was, it was their way of saying thanks. And, you know, it, it's just really cool to see that. It's an awesome that, community. You know, so let's dive into the interview. Once you went through it all the way, he was just like you or me. I mean, for the most part, guys, he, he was a fan. I mean, he basically got addicted to it 
spent 20 bucks with his friends and dived right into a game of the tabletop. And then from there on out, it, you know, it was history. But he was just like us. He wanted to be a part of the community, help create a community. And then because of that and through his actions, you know, he landed that position. <laughs> and it was funny because reading about it, you sort of get the sense that, you know, it could have been anyone else. I mean, really, and I think that's the point he made is, you know, uh, he was just sort of, you know, struck back that they chose him in a way. It's one of those right time, you know, right place, right time situations. And, uh, yeah, he's a lucky Is there anything that pops out, uh, Stephen or, or Brandon and Darren, as far as the personal information he gives them about himself and the story that just sort of comes to mind that, you know, was sort of interesting or... Uh, I mean, you know, he sounds like all my friends growing up in the 80s. I mean, uh, could have been any one of us. He, you know, he did the right thing by just pursuing it and going after his dream, and, and he got lucky. Uh, and it also sounds like he has a kick-ass wife. Which you do as well, you know. Mm -hmm. so give credit. All right. I, the first thing that went through my mind is uh, he probably thought this the best 20 bucks I ever spent. Hell yeah. Great investment. <laughs> As a 14-year-old, 20 bucks. I like what he said about when he first, you know, his first game and his friend was in a Warhammer and he was in a Battlemaster, you know, and I remember back in those early, early days of playing the tabletop and uh, I could I could just feel exactly what he was talking about. I mean, and it's one of those things I look back and, and being a kid and being, a, you know, a teenager, it's almost you're living sort of an imagination as it is i mean everything has a, a unique sparkle to it you know you know not to mention when you get in when i got into the novels i don't know about you guys i it, i lived it i mean you know throughout my teenage years in high school i played battletech played mech warrior played mech commander board game card game i mean that was, you know, as far as my computer experience and my, you know, all that, that was all mechware. I mean, Battletech, all over. I mean, it was everything. And so, I mean, you can see where this is basically the same thing. He was just ahead of me. I mean, he looks like he's about your age, Darren. And so you guys probably were around the same thing where, you know, he got into uh, look like the anime, like, you know, Macross and Robotech and stuff like that. And that's how you got into it as well. And uh, the the funny thing is, you're saying you, you know we lived it back then or whatever because your your imagination and all that. Um, I'll reveal too much, and I'm sure get grief from it from you guys because you're dicks. But uh, when I was a <laughs> freshman in high school, I actually told my mom that I wanted to be a mech warrior when I grew up. I won't make fun of you that. I don't even know how to respond to that. I know. I noticed from the dead silence, but no. Yeah, our, I was. I was totally uh, addicted and living it. Did she say a what? She's you like, know? yeah, anything you want to be, son, you can be when you. <laughs> she All right, sweetie, along. let's let's go. Mm -hmm. All right. No. So when you when you read a little bit further, uh, you know, he talks about his involvement. Um, you know what he does for the community, and you know, if you haven't read, do so. Uh, just. You know, he's basically there as uh, a voice for um, information. I think what he basically says. I think the thing that popped out for me there, at least for what he does or did during uh, Fast and stuff like that, fifty plus novels, having to go through all of them. I think he said he edited them or something like that. 
Uh, yeah, a, like a million words of online fiction for Battletech. Yeah, obviously this guy's knowledge is vast. I mean, yeah. talk about a, a fun guy to talk to about Battletech. One thing I would like to touch on is, if you go further in the interview, he he gets asked the question, why do you enjoy the Battletech universe? And obviously he said, beyond the inner 14-year-old, you know, blowing crap up and that, you know, is awesome. But then he basically goes into the characters and the in-depth. I mean, he basically said, you know, you have your heroes, your nice and shiny armor, basically, and you have your villains. But then you have so much, you know, in the middle that, it, I mean, it's such a rich, uh, you know, stories and, and universe and that there's always things going around and that you can, it allows anybody to find their uh, their niche as far as, you know, I wonder how successful Battletech would have been without the novels. Because, you know, that did bring such a sense of depth to the Battletech universe. And I know, for me, they played a huge part. Like, it made me want to play the game more, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it made, for me, just the imagination aspect. I mean, you know, uh, to to read about a Timberwolf or, or you know the clans or the inner sphere to, to read about anything and then you turn around and you get to see it on the computer screen you know yeah. or live it on the tabletop i mean it, it added that added everything i mean you know his favorite uh character kyle or leo um it, you know not my favorite but i mean a favorite i don't think and, that was his favorite uh he was i think he was asked um who he thought the best mech warrior was in, uh, uh, okay. in mech warrior universe and um uh, you know, that's a pretty... I, I think that's a pretty right-on answer. With me, it was to the point with the novels. Um, I remember reading the particular one when the New Form Star League is, you know, doing the year process of jumps out to Clan Smoke Jaguar. And, uh, you know, Morgan dies. And I remember reading the novel. And, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, you're reading up to it and you know something's about bad to happen. And, you know, he, he grabs his little flask and freaking drinks it. You cried, didn't you? No, I didn't cry. But I, I put the book down and I did not read any more of that book for like two days. I was just so pissed. You know, it was, when you can get that out of just a novel and especially the reader, I mean, good good stuff. I mean, so... All right, so let's move on a little bit um, in his in the interview, and I don't want to take out too much, but you know, part of a part of this podcast is speculation. Was there anything he said in here that you thought, hmm, you know, did did he just give us a hint that something of this is going to be in? And I think one of these topics. But is there anything else? The only thing I really saw was maybe orbital insertions, but that's because it said something you would like to see in MechWarrior Online, but doesn't really give anything, but it seems the most plausible. Well, the one thing that popped in my mind is when he, he, he mentioned the clans. Now, he said he, he felt like when the clans were introduced and uh, the video game aspect, that the players were able just to sit back at long range and walk backwards and almost sort of his words and that he said that that wasn't the intention of the clans in the novels i mean you guys remember in the novels the clans used their range but they closed in it was their actual pilot skill i mean these guys 
know, are just weaving in and out. I mean, just amazing pilots. And then he mentioned something about the weapons, how uh, they were supposed to be sort of like the heavy lasers, where it does more damage, but they're closer range. And so I'm wondering, um, because, I mean, this game is going to be developed to introduce the clans later on. And, uh, Stephen, you were asking me, you know, the date. And so so if we're talking about 3050, and this game's going to be released, uh, you know, by latest, let's say, August of, you know, 2012, that still means, you know, X amount of months away before the clans are in- even introduced that may be something that gets balanced i mean would you guys be totally like pissed off if the clan weapons weren't like how they've been in the previous games not really uh i found that everyone it's like i said i think earlier in one of the early podcasts uh you saw everyone grabbing clan extended range medium lasers instead of grabbing the regular medium lasers so i i think it would create a balance for at least gameplay. I really hope they balance everything so that it actually fits with a computer game of MechWarrior more so than the tabletop of Battletech. What about you, Darren? Nothing to add. Okay. Well, I mean, personally, me, I, I, I hope they do that. I, I hope they say, you know what? What's been done in the past hasn't worked. Um, we see the balancing issues of it, and then also from the, I mean, he said it from the, you know, historical sort of what they wanted to, to accomplish with the clan weapons. I would have no problem with them rewriting the book on it. And, I, you know, there might be some people that are, you know, mad or, you know, about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm all for it, and I think that that would be sort of a, a step to the left, but a step to the left and forward. For me, it's whatever makes a game better. I feel that uh, if you try to translate too much in a computer game, you're going to lose a lot of the potential that computers have now. Uh, you can do a lot more than just you know five damage cluster hits with LRMs or you know two damage here, five damage here. You can do you know pretty much anything you want at this point with computers. So I think we would be losing a lot if we just said, okay, clans get this, interfere gets this, and that's all we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and. I do find it interesting. I mean, off topic here, but his, his I've never heard anybody pick this as his favorite mech. His favorite mech is the Banshee. Uh, I think the particular variant, the 3S. It, uh, okay. If you're basing on the He's, of course, wanting to see Alex's uh, you know, yes. rework it. <laughs> it has to. Uh, that thing uh, is, is ugly atrocious. <laughs> I know. It's... But you know what? Alex would make it awesome. Oh, it, it'll be sex on two legs, but yeah. right now it's, you know, it's the, I wouldn't even say it's the fat chick, because, I mean, even fat chick gets some, right? But it, it is ugly, and uh, even the revised uh, Yeah, the original TRO artwork is just, ugh. sorry to whoever made that, but. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is, and the, he would be the first guy I know to actually say, hey, uh, give me the Banshee, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> sure buddy here you go um you want to drink with that uh so he moves on to basically say uh you know alex alex work uh, you know the hunchback it's awesome uh, and then obviously he basically says that his favorite mech doesn't need an overhaul as far as it looks because it's it's so atrocious and 
he he does mention a few other things, uh, and again, we don't know if this is any uh, release info. And I'll stick to what I, I I've said so far. I think as a game, and as far as the amount of mechs and the the in depth towards like BattleTech, I think the community is going to be surprised. On and I hope I am right that there will be a ton of options. Sort of like Stephen said, technology right now. I mean, you can pretty much do any anything with the game right now, and it's just how much love and time you put into it. You know but, what? Uh, before you move on, I just want to put this out there. Um, I think it would be so awesome to see the TROs redone and have Alex do all of the artwork. Just putting that out there. Alex, I would buy 10 copies. Just letting you know. And again, <laughs> do not forget the whole idea of the freaking wall sticker thing oh hell yeah the poster <laughs> anything yeah, the posters, man. which i did send one of the devs on the forums a message <laughs> about that so if he listened to it and heard it wasn't enough i sent him a message saying hey you need to get that going because i mean or you know what he should just put a book together of his artwork i don't know something man i'll buy it well a lot of the a lot of the uh, artists like that on DeviantArt do do stuff like that. There's other yeah. uh, mecha, you know, artists out there that are amazing as well. And you know, they'll go to these, you know, conventions and whatever. And uh, again, you can hire them usually to do. Could do we be stuff. bigger, Alex fanboys? We could wear yeah, a shirt. <laughs> but is that stretching it? So All right, let's move on. So let's let's get, on. let's get this right. Let's get this straight here. Book and poster and then i have to somehow mail them my wallet <laughs> you know firstborn no i'll just <laughs> i'll just open up a tab like i do at a bar and uh you know so again uh i'm sure you guys out there listening to this would like uh, one of those uh, big old sticker things in your man cave of a you know atlas or a, mm. your favorite your favorite mech you know i just i think it'd be really cool and if it doesn't happen from the devs, maybe that's something, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, some on entrepreneur somewhere. Yeah, just throwing that out. I've got a but, perfect space on my wall. I'm looking at it right now. That's where it'll go. So somebody make it. Collector's Edition has been announced yet, so. There we go. I need something <laughs> to throw in there. Uh, with this interview as well, if you guys didn't do it, and I actually didn't click on the Catalyst Games link at the bottom, but if you clicked on it, there was an actual Desert Ruins picture, uh, and it has MechWare Online if you go and click on it. And it's a um, cool-looking picture. Uh, it's a dropship that's uh, got shot all to hell and is basically crash-landed and skidded, I don't know how far, and it's like on this cliff of the ocean, and there's a hunchback. And, you know, it's not on the, the website of um, Mech Online yet, but... Uh, it's right there, and it's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, are we going to see orbital insertions? I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> that warhammer below it just—it hurts every time I see it. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next thing. Uh, big news! If you're listening, tuning out, now's the time not to tune out. From Russ Block, the guy, there will be information regarding the closed. And open beta around the New Year's times. Uh, E-boner, um, uh, you know. Boing, boing, boing. You know, one thing though, a lot of people don't understand. Being a beta tester, uh, if you're a closed beta, is a lot of work. Um, oh yeah. Some some people don't realize that. If you've ever been a beta tester for a mod, there's a lot of times where you have to do some stuff in the game or whatever that's repetitive, boring, blah, blah, just to find stuff. So. Um, 
if you're not used to that, uh, you know, obviously when the time comes, you know, just be prepared. There's a lot more work than than uh, what you think. But I mean, first off, what are your guys' thoughts? I'm there. I'm, uh, you know, I want to get in open, closed, halfway open, whatever. I'm there. I'm down for it. I can do paperwork. I've done it before. <laughs> I'll do it now. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a stupid rhetorical. That's yeah, always no, really. a rhetorical question. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you guys uh, think? You gonna, you gonna be involved? <laughs> you know. <laughs> nah. So there's this hot chick, and she's laying in front of you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what um, do? Yeah. All right. Let's go on to. Um, so obviously, keep your eyes on the forums. There's new stuff gonna be coming out. Uh, you know, towards New Year's. Not far away. I mean, a month, guys. A fucking month, and there might be news of a beta. Just oh, dreams if dreams could come true. Alright, so we're going to move on to the forum questions. We didn't have as much time to spend on this last week. And uh, before we di dive into the forum questions, um, Steven is here. And, you know, we are going to be going, you know, live as far as the website and, and moving forward with the, the Hyperpulse radio. Uh, station and uh, I just wanted to ask him a few questions so you guys could hear it and maybe sort of get a feel but you know where did this project sort of stem from Stephen and and you know do you have any background in this kind of stuff uh, I have some background as far as computers go uh, I actually have a degree in network security and uh, the whole idea came about when uh, my friend years and years ago was playing Matrix Online which is a horrible game I don't recommend it to anybody but uh, there's a radio station they ran for it, and they actually had uh, live broadcasts of people. Uh, apparently, they got a disease at one point in time, and it was like a computer virus. And they would tell people, okay, it's spread to this area, stay away from this area. Or uh, we saw Neo moving through this area, so you know, be on a lookout, or agents are now swarming this area. And they kept everybody who's playing immersed in the storyline and what was happening inside of the game. And that's what I want to do for MechWarrior Online. And bring that, you know, the Solaris battles, bring uh, the planets are being invaded or being defended or whatever. I want to bring that into kind of a live show where people are hearing it just like they would on the news if they turn on their, their TV or the radio right now. Okay. All right. So, for any goals, I mean, do you have any goals like uh, some short term, long term? I mean, what, what would you like to see as far as? You know the hyperpulse generator no guts no galaxy hyperpulse i mean well short term is definitely to ramp up as much interest as i can and uh, one thing i keep telling people is that when you're doing development when you're doing programming or anything like that and you spent 18 hours on something trying to get it right the difference between you spending another four hours and making it perfect and saying this is good enough isn't what you're getting paid but it's what your fan base what the people that are actually using it uh, react the way that they react to what they see. So keeping a very positive and very constructive community going is very, very good for MechWarrior Online and making it the kind of game that we all want it to be. And, you know, nothing but positive feedback from on the forums about it. And um, I think I stated this last time, um, Steven had actually gone in contact with us um, a while ago, played some ping pong, and finally we, you know, got a hold of each other and you know similar goal you know the podcast 
uh, you know, being the community's voice or just basically being able to talk about, get different opinions, get people on the show and, and just talk and get those different perspectives. Not, not only that, but build a community that's working together. Um, and, uh, you know, so we're going to, we're going to do that. And one of the things, Stephen, you're looking for is more people. Am I correct? I mean, you need, you need help. I mean, as far as, uh, DJs or just people to help, you know, cause it takes a lot of work. I mean, getting what a month's worth of music and playlists and stuff. Uh, yeah, the biggest problem right now is that I'm trying to generate 24 hours worth of content, uh, by myself with very little time to do it. And uh, some people have noticed a few songs, you know, are kind of good and then they get kind of crappy. Unfortunately, that's because I get all this music to try to make uh, a variety for everybody. And I can sample a few songs, but I don't have enough time to listen to everything. So when I upload the whole album, a few of the songs are basically dying cats, to, to put it lightly. <laughs> I think uh, you got a volunteer there. Alex, our sound engineer, is uh, saying he'll help. So there's one and, person. And, and he has a lot of time. I'm sure he could help. And another another thing is, guys that may be interested, uh, Stephen's working under the, um, it's, what is the clause? Basically, it's free music. Uh, you know, it's not like you can just throw up, you know, Metallica. You know, you have to have specific types of music that are um, free for everyone, like freeware. Or... Uh, yeah, it's called Creative Commons. And basically, it's kind of like uh, open source software where people say, okay, I'm going to create this song and put it out for you to play as long as you don't, you know, go commercial and make a whole bunch of money off of it and whatnot. Okay, so there you have it. If you're interested, please hit him up. Uh, you know him as Sedition. Um, he is looking for that help, and I know it'll help us getting it rolling forward. And with the Hyperpulse Radio, one of the things that he's also working on is some news posts. And I know you've got a lot of attention with that, and the, the progress is going to be moving forward. And one of our goals is to have the radio. Um, but also sort of interconnected with news because when the game comes out with a lot of RSS feeds and information, like he said, it would be really cool, I think, to to have if there's a battle going on or whatever, I don't know, one of our news guys or whatever can hop in the battle and sort of give a you know perspective of what's going on and you know and, you know oh gosh I'm getting shot up you know or uh, just stuff like that I think it would be really cool. And, uh, so help them out if you're interested. Hit them up on the forums. Um, so we're going to move on to the forum questions. Now the first one we're going to address is uh, Sidorak. Uh, he made a post and we answered it, but it wasn't, I guess basically we were looking at it from a different perspective. And he was basically wanting to um, get our opinions about players and as far as players base and uh, the inner sphere and he makes a post and he basically says from the state of the inner sphere survey assuming it's statistically valid sample the breakdown of major factions is and he gives basically a you know the compelling cc five percent um so you know he said major factional players 1500 the combined there and so he breaks it down and he basically says what happens to these small groups if their player base is you know two three four times as small 
Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, uh, you know, I guess I totally missed that the last post, but that is a big. How do you balance that? Um, why? Mm, well, I mean, it may be small percentage-wise, but it depends on what the overall number of people playing is, as to how small it's going to be. You know. So you're saying, like, if um, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand yeah, people then, are playing, it, it'll ten percent or five percent is a bigger number. I mean, do we see these problems? Um, I, I've seen these problems in Eve, where you've got certain factions that just have just a ton of players, and you know it's just attrition. And they, I think they even mentioned you know, on some battles it is attrition. Attrition is it one of those things where you know if if they're attacking space, like how do, how do you control if one group is so large from taking over the others? I mean. Uh, we're not going to be happy all being on the same team and dominating the universe and not getting any fights. So I think it's in the end, it's going to balance out because people want conflict, people want, you know, the action and so forth. So we can't all be buddies. And, you know, he made a point. He said, you know, FS, Federated Sons, will hit the CC over and over and over again. And he basically says CC players will simply get worn out. And that's what you know his point was now i would say this might be true if you know mwo mwo was basically a battletech universe realistic as far as uh, you know what's going on but even in the novels it basically said the the compelling confederation basically carved a niche out of itself and it was holding strong then so why wouldn't it and you know in uh, planet side there there were often situations where uh, one team had, you know, overwhelming numbers um, against the other team or other teams. And what they did is they balanced it out a bit by giving basically buffs or advantages to the teams that had the lower numbers. Yeah. And I think what we c they can do is who controls what as far as uh, if, if we're talking about faction players, because those are the ones who might be controlling, you know, the ongoings of planetary switching and whatnot between but one thing i think he makes a point of is keeping two major houses or three grouping up on one you know it, it didn't happen in the novels uh per se so canon you know is, but now these are players these are you know us playing and i, I think it's one of those things where you have to develop a system that it doesn't allow that or or it's very very difficult to coordinate something like that because you don't want you know three superpowers basically going up against one i mean it, you know that's good valid point i mean until we know more about gameplay as far as the mission i mean drops the overall i mean just in game i mean we really don't know but i'm i'm sure they'll come up with a system that does doesn't allow because remember they did say they are going to make some planets I mean, you just can't take over so I'm sure at any one point in time they would say hey you know these these are off limits you, you can't go any further and well from a glance it does look like it's going to balance itself out pretty well uh, the Federated Suns do have the largest army in the inner sphere uh, and they also have the most players uh, according to the polls that are going to join it but they also have the largest chunk of space that they have to defend, so they're going to get stretched thin, even with a larger number of players. Yeah, yeah. 
and if the timeline does move forward and I mean how many years before the you know LC and the FS unite and become one I mean there's a lot of you know speculation there I mean would we even see the game go that far or would there be another game that comes out but we're really we just don't know how the mechanics are when you know as far as gameplay we really don't uh, so cider a great question um, if the devs are listening maybe some clarification on that I'm sure within the next few months we're going to get a news update and it's going to break down maybe some in-game screenshots or something but really I mean planetary is a big question for for all of us that will be doing uh, Merc play because I'm I'm excited about being a Merc um, you know the faction play I guess that's all well and good but the Merc aspect being able to control everything um, that really has my attention basically so, saying you're a control freak no, I didn't say me running the Merc Court. I mean, it, that's what that's what Greg's job is, right? And we just throw him in the cooker again. All At right. the end of the day, our Scott's still not going to get paid. <laughs> All right, so the next question is uh, uh, Dim. Um, now, Dim asked basically, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on Merc unit customization for, like, skins and insignias? Um, how would you like it to be handled in the game? Um should there be like an in-game editor like Forza on the mech, which basically allows you to do like anything? It's pretty cool. Um, the unit insignias and camo, how are they going to do that? Or what do you guys think is the best? Should it be like Eve? Like Eve Online, when your corporation's been together, I think six months, is that correct, uh, uh, Alec? Can you give me a yes or no? I think it's six months. Somewhere around there. It, you're able to send in a unit logo and it has to be verified oh, alliances only have to be verified um, you know deemed one it's not someone else's work like copyrighted and two it's not a big penis yeah and appropriate and then yeah and so and I think that's a cool thing but sometimes that the CCP doesn't get them in as well so and then he he goes on how should they do their approval process so in general i mean what do you guys think about doing doing that as far as it also includes i, I would say um unit names now they've already stated that once Kellhounds are taken or whatever that that's all there is going to be so there there's going to be a level of moderation there right i mean that's what i'm reading into it well i forget For sure. did we did we determine whether you know, you can just change a O to a zero and be an alternate Calhounds or not. Oh, yeah, they cleared that up. They said, you know, once a unit name is taken, that's that's it. And uh, they said they'll they'll have moderation. Which I wonder if there's an, a a day or like a, a stasis period that you you're creating a unit, you have to submit it, and then it has to get approved. You know, you know. The, then there's gonna be the Kel Wolves and the Kel Dogs and the <laughs> You know, I mean, I guess if it's not verbatim Kellhounds... People, make up your own unit names. Come on. <laughs> Kell Sheep. Yeah. Uh, Matt. Would you guys... I mean, what what's the level of customization you want to see? And do you think it should be player-driven? Or should there be some moderation to it as far as the, the dev team? Uh, you know, I've said before, I, I want to see as much... Um, detail and as possible um, but I guess the key words are as possible 
um, I don't trust people. So if they give, you know, if we give too much leeway, we're going to have a bunch of just not fun names and so forth in there and, and customization and, you know, but I think as far as they can push the boundary to where they can still maintain the look and feel of the universe, I'm all for it. I mean, you've got units in the, the Battletech novels that, you know, like a pink Highlander or, you know, I mean, there's those crazy, you know, mech warriors in the novels that, you know, go those extreme routes. Now, uh, I would say the unit insignias would, would should, or I, I guess they should be moderated as far as, hey, you want to use this, you have to send it in, it has to get approved. And the only reason I say that is, you know, most of the you know people out there playing this game, uh, you know, will be adults, but there will be some who aren't. And so I guess, I, you know, it's one of the, it crosses the line, right? Like, what is, what is the line of, you know, if you've got younger players uh, playing next, you know, they look at your insignia and it's a giant, you know, whatever. You know, I'm not that, so worried okay? about the younger players. I'm worried about myself. I'm kind of selfish. I want immersion, and I don't want to be, you know going along in my mech and then all of a sudden see some retarded skin with a lame character name belonging to a lame unit that just totally sucks you right out of you know the immersion of the game are you gonna really care though i mean shooting at this thing it's i, I don't think as far as mech paint jobs you're gonna see a ton like uh, little details i don't think you would have to be really up close to see that stuff right yeah i'm Not just moving. old i'm just an old grumpy guy it's well, it just depends on how much you can customize uh, I do hope they sanitize the inputs for a lot of, uh, like, the names. And that's uh, fancy geek talk for uh, basically take out all the special characters in it and yep. make it so you can only use normal uh, English or acrylic uh, or, you know, whatever language you speak and not the at symbol, exclamation point, whatever, to try to get around that. And also, um, Spore, I'm not sure if anybody here has ever followed that, but... They had a problem. You could actually make your own creatures and design it in a little 3D editor. And they had the problem with the uh, vagina and the penis monster. And yeah, everybody so penises. Right. So what they actually did was write an algorithm that could detect when you've made that, and it would reject it from the server. They could actually tell that it would be that shape. So if they did something like that for the artwork here, uh, then people could upload their own unit images. And I think you know you wouldn't have that kind of problem. You yep. know, I'm going to give players the advantage here. They're smart. There's a lot of smart people out there, but I, I do think there needs to be a little bit of moderation. Join me in a random battle in World of Tanks real quick, then see if you say that. <laughs> Alright. So, you know, good question, Tim. Um, obviously, more info will be released. Um, myself, I'm hoping it... What's been done in the past, Mech 4, um, now, I, I have not played the Mech Tech releases, and so I know they've done a ton, but from what I remember, the... Uh, the paint schemes were pretty linear. I mean, you had your, you know, desert camo, woodland camo, and then like crazy stuff. And then I, I remember them. You were able to do user-made ones as well. Um, what I would like to see is an in-game. I, I think it'd be really cool to go to. You know, maybe not every single piece of your mech you know you know a decal or whatever but I, I think it'd be really cool for a militaristic you know uh a, approach to to that to that it's all right um 
you know, yeah, I, you know, um, World of Tanks is adding uh, <clears throat> the ability to add clan logos to your tanks that everybody can see, and um, I like that because it, <clears throat> like for example, our clan, you know, there's a lot of clan pride, and so we're proud to wear our logo or whatever. I, that kind of stuff, man, I'm all for it. And games these days are just getting more and more customizable. I'm sure, I'm sure these guys are going to do it right, and hopefully keep uh, keep all the is out of the game. <laughs> well, they did mention too early on that unit colors and and uh, you know as far as your paint scheme that the player would be able to choose to do their own thing or to use their you know their unit colors. So that that goes another way as far as like development and art goes. They would create a system that you know would transfer from mech to mech and and that goes into. Uh, bitmaps and UVs and I mean the whole shebang there so good question I'm sure we'll find out more so yep, let's thanks move for the on question. let's move on to the Facebook questions we got uh, Mike Blakeman and he asked uh, to what level of detail would we hope for and why and level of mech customization now we've already hit on the mech customization quite a bit in previous podcast um, What's the detail mean? Are we talking graphics or are we talking about logistics? I think all all of it, really. I think it's how much detail do you want to see on the mech and how much detail do you want to see in the world? My answer is always going to be the same for these questions, you know, as much as possible, but keeping it good, fun, playable. Now, the level of detail as far as what I'm looking for is just like Darren said, both of, you know, I want the best of both worlds, but the level of detail of the world we're in is, I think, to me, more important. Um, graphics. Gra- not just graphics, but the models used, the the textures used, the, um, you know, the dynamic detail of lighting. all little things that make it feel like you're really in a three-story robot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if you're walking, you know, not all uh, levels, or not all levels, not all planets on the inner sphere would be military bases with, you know, turrets and stuff. I mean, you'd have just normal towns, just like, you know, the places we live in. And I want to walk- crush some white picket fences, man. You know, <laughs> hit, a, hit a fire hydrant or something, or, you know, you see all those little things. You see a barber shop, or, I mean, all the little nitty details... You know, and the cool thing is, art asset creation, especially when you got a really, really good team, and a good it, engine. And well, and a good engine, but that comes down to just the pipeline. And what I think we're going to see is, especially with CryEngine Three, is a very, very amazing-looking game. As far as you know, graphically, it's going to look good. We're st- we've still yet to see an in-game render of anything. Boy, that'll be an awesome Wednesday, won't it? You know, whenever we get that. Um, <laughs> Guys, throwing probably, that probably next year, I'm going to say. Or Christmas, you never know. Oh, what yeah, Chris- Christmas. oh that's all I want for Christmas, guys. <laughs> um, but the level of detail in, in in modeling and, you know, maybe... I, I'm not actually... I haven't checked into CryEngine 3 as far as the art pipeline. But that's one of the things they would have possibly chose that engine for is the ease of use how easy is it to create a model in maya or you know 3ds max or any other and how easy it is to get in game you know and get rolling 
that's one of the things they looked at when they were looking at CryEngine 3. So I'm assuming it's a decent pipeline that makes it, you know, easy. So being able to take a picture, produce something, and get in a game, and then make it, you know, realistic. And so the amount of level detail, I mean, Stephen, what are your thoughts? I know you, you, you're into networking and stuff, but what are you looking for as a, as a player? Like, what, what would be that one of the things that you, you know, just sort of pops out to you if you're walking in your mech? I think the way the environment reacts depending on your mech size. So if you walk into an urban area, you know, on a, a light mech, and there's relatively little effect compared to, say, you know, an Atlas at 100 tons, you step on the ground and you see cars shaking and car alarms go off and, you know, uh, dust or whatever falls off buildings. And so you know everybody within a mile knows that your mech is there. And that huge difference between a light scout mech and a heavy assault mech being reflected in the environment. Oh, great point. I mean, read back to the novels, you know, uh, Grayson being on the ground or any of the, you know, other countless of, you know, stories that, you know, here comes just a 20 ton freaking mech. And, you know, the, the ground shaking and it's just, it's an unbelievable sight for one of these things to walk over and I uh, you know I, th I think you hit I mean if it's in, all if about they're... destructible environment think about when you read I mean these things just carve a path of destruction even if they're just strolling you know you know what novel um, the, the first the sword and the dagger it wasn't the best battle tech uh, novel but one of the things um, that it talked about was, and I don't know if you've read that, guys. I know Darren probably has. Affirmative. It, it's interesting because the, the author wasn't very good at the mech combat. You know, you're reading some things, it didn't really make sense. But there's this one time in the novel that it talks about, you know, they're walking in their, in their mechs. They're walking through this, like, grass field, and it's tall grass, and whatever, it's all beautiful the battle goes down and then you sort of open your eyes to what the surroundings look like and I mean there's fires raging I mean the forest is totally just you know or the cities are just all of that and they I destroy think, anything it's just they they totally change the face of the environment face, yes. around them it's completely gone you know and so are we gonna see that I don't know if we'll see that much you know in depth because but it could be. But I am hoping that their their demo of 2009, as far as what that was, sort of their vision, and even in their vision, they did have a lot of that stuff. You know, when the the SRMs come from the Jenner and and hit the uh, garage, you know, uh, with the car and the car yeah, and it collapses. And smoke. Yeah, I mean, and then the buildings are collapsing, smoke rising, all that. If they even remotely get close to any of that, it's going to be far better than anything we've seen so far and, and bring that immersion factor I would even leave, love to see an environment have an impact on mechs so we all know uh, mech hits a, uh, a, size, a the skyscraper, the building or whatever and the building gets damaged but what happens if a building gets knocked over and it hits a mech and would that mech get knocked over and then now it would have to stand up Sort of like, uh, I think we made that reference in that one BF uh, uh, podcast, BF3. Um, hell, you guys might have been on TeamSpeak when, you know, it happened. And, uh, we're shooting, blah, 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 and, and it was in. <laughs> next thing you know, someone launches an RPG, hits the second story, and it just, it's had enough. 
I got killed because this building just fell on me, and it was awesome. You know, it was one of those. I just died, and it was awesome. Um, stuff like that, uh, immersion, shaking. Um, so yeah, really good question, Mike. And I think we're all looking for that 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 level that's never been done. You know, to what it feels like, and yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to Roger um, Lavender, and he asks about the cockpit details, monitors, etc. Now, with this question, uh, I'll remind you guys from their concept art of the um, MechWare cockpit, the you know the Hunchback, and and you know the the seat and the monitors and stuff. And now they've said they're going to be there's going to be a, I don't know about extensive but there will be cockpit customization what are you guys thoughts on that like what do you want to see do you want to be able to move stuff around or I mean what, what's your thought process on that as long as it has function you know like a reason for it then uh, I'm all for it I'm I don't know how much uh, cockpit matters to me i guess it'll just depend on the game yeah. you know i'm always i'm my focus i think is always going to be what's outside the cockpit but you know if they make it to where it has a function and it feels right and and adds to the game then you know i'm for as much as they can do i've i think it's kind of uh hard to say how much of the cockpit you can see because it's always been heads up display right so you haven't really seen much of the cockpit besides just the front viewport and then the little details given to you up at the top of the screen. It would be uh, pretty interesting to see if like uh, in the concept art there you had on one monitor up on the top there uh, you had your weapon loadout and then on one monitor in the bottom left you had your damage and then your enemy kind of that thing. Uh, just if you wanted to change the, even the color on the screen or that sort of stuff. Just little cosmetic details. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. Yeah, it would be cool to kind of, you know, look over left at a at some computer readout and, you know, feel like you're, you're it, something that's useful information and and apply it to what's happening in front of you or around you, and then look back up and look for that mech that you just spotted on your radar or you arm the new weapon, you know, like as long as it's again, it's just the functionality. If it makes sense, if it's just hey, I want to look left to right inside my cockpit, yeah, I probably won't do it. Or like it, posters and stuff that probably won't really care about. Hula well, Girls, though, is must. Did you... I'd stepped away there for a second. I apologize, but... Did, did you guys notice with the concept art, the hunchback, it's autocannon AC right there blocking the view? I mean, that adds another aspect that some mech's, you know, periphery is obstructed by, you know, what the mech has. I mean, the first thing that pops in my mind, hunchback... The Hollander. Uh, granted, that's further on down. That's not going to be in the game right away. But you know, other mechs that have those, uh, you know, jutting out parts. I mean, you look at the Marauder. Jenner. Yeah, uh, you look at the Jenner. Its cockpit is way out there. It's not going to have anything in its way. But then you look at the um, Marauder. You look at the you know Rifleman if it's going to be in there. Um, what else? Uh, the Shadowhawk. If they introduce the Shadowhawk, I mean, it's left, you know, it's autocannon on his shoulder. Um, yeah, stuff like that, I think, is really cool from the cockpit perspective. Um, 
Go ahead, Steve. Or if you look at mechs like the Awesome or uh, the Thor, I believe it is, uh, if you look at their cockpit, it's basically just a window in front. It doesn't have a, a left or a right or a top on it. It's basically like looking out a window in your house and extremely limited as far as the view goes. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I, w I definitely want to see is the ability to possibly move around instruments inside the cockpit just base if i'm if i'm commanding if i'm you know whatever if i'm leading uh if i'm the commander itself and i'm doing i need all that tactical information i would want it right there instead of having to turn left and right you know maybe i want it right in front of me and but you know you do give up you know if i move my radar in front of me but then i have to move something else outside of my peripheral vision um, but looking left and right in the cockpit, I think would be really cool. Because I mean, that's it, that's never really been done as far as like free look. Like you know, you're actually sitting there. I mean, um, you know, even Mechlery didn't really have that. I mean, you saw what was going on in the cockpit, but it wasn't actual like geometry. Uh, you know, where you could you know feel like you could reach out and touch it. You know, and it's and the good news is we can actually do that now with the scale form. And I think I mentioned it before on the forum, but Scaleform essentially applies a flash movie onto an object. And flash movies are no longer static, they're actually dynamic. So that's usually uh, like Battlefield 3, uh, all the HUDs are done in that crisis, all the HUDs are done in flash using Scaleform. And so they can apply it, okay, this, this object is a radar, no matter where you move it, it has the radar in the cockpit. So yeah. you could actually fully customize your entire cockpit where you want the different instrument panels to go and they would still be fully functional. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think we're going to see a, a lot of a lot of that, um, especially with CryEngine 3. Uh, there's a lot of cool tools out there for developers. It's, you know, just their knowledge of it, you know, and, and implementing that, you know, those technologies into the game. Um, so, it, I, you know, I think it would be cool. Uh, also to minimize maybe uh, you don't want all the bells and whistles right there in your face and you just want a sort of clean palette uh, to be able to do that all right let's uh let's move on um mech warrior tactical command now we brought this up last time uh the guys are at mechtech.net are involved i think there will be uh, more info released as far as their involvement with and maybe we can get one of their guys over here we have i have been speaking to van personally and trying to get him on the show for quite some time and then this came out and i was like oh so that's why you're quiet um but they're not releasing anything as far as i know as news per se but on their website uh if you go to the downloads it shows the the mech pictures and two new mechs well actually new mechs have shown up uh, since the, the initial release and we've got the Victor and the Hadamoto Chi I think, is that how do you pronounce it? Yeah, it would um, be Hadamoto, yep. And if you notice the other ones, it also has the Mad Dog aka Vulture. I love that they're using the original. Um, I don't like the new Vulture look, never did. And the Caesar, which sort of funny but when asked you know what mech would you like to see the most that's actually what I put and uh, uh, not on their forms we don't have forms yet but first off what are your guys's initial impressions I mean since we well I should say your secondary impression since we talked about this last week and me and you and Steven were talking about this do you think this was a wise move of them to just go iOS 
Just iOS? Probably not. You know, my opinion is that uh, the people that play the Mac games most are coming from PCs, and so um, I understand wanting to get it on the iOS, but I just think, uh, and I don't know what you know what's going on behind closed doors and why they they chose to do that, but it seems to me they're limiting their market, especially their the hardcore uh, fans from every single PC game that's ever come out. It also really depends, though, with iOS. It's for a lot of people have iPhones, and a lot of people have iPod Touches. And if that's what they're for, then that's actually a really big market. Um, well, a big market, I still but think, what about your player base? I mean, especially that's, if it's, that's it's Mech like, your, your main player base, the hardcore fans, just aren't going to be there. Now, I, I will give them credit in saying, and I do know this from a programming standpoint, I know a lot of these iOS apps are very, usually, very easily ported to other uh, platforms. So what I'm wondering is if, if that's going to be the case because not only, you know, I mean it just, it just sort of strikes me as odd that MechTech is involved and MechTech's involvement in the, you know, PC with the Mech Packs and all that and then I mean, obviously, as a company, they'll do whatever they have to, you know. There's a reason they're doing it. We just don't know it. Yeah. If I can give a little bit of insight, um, uh, the, my guess is the main reason why they stuck with iOS is that uh, Apple only has a few platforms, and they're all, especially the latest generations, more or less the same. Uh, with Android, you've got everything from the G1 all the way up to the Galaxy S, so you have a huge range of different hardware and Android versions that those programs are running. So it makes it much harder to troubleshoot and to write applications for them if you're using graphic intensive programs like this. Um, also, the iPhone actually uses Objective-C language where the Android uses uh, Linux primarily with Java. So actually porting it from the iOS to Android won't be at all easy. They basically have to rewrite most of the game. Now, from iOS to PC, is that even plausible? You probably could write an emulator for it. Um, I wouldn't see why they would do it, because you're basically taking a mobile application that's shrunk down so it could fit in within very tight specification and put it yeah. on a machine that is basically wasting 90% of what it can do. You know, um... It's going to be an uphill battle for them, I'm afraid, you know, but I wish them as much luck as they can get, you know. The the problem is, you know, I have a lot of Mac friends. They're not my Battletech friends. <laughs> and, they're not gamers. You know, that no, they're not gamers. I mean, you, we all know. I mean, yeah, you can get plenty of games on Macs now, but PCs are the game machines, and that's all my gamer friends from the 80s, all are uh, PC players, you know, every single one of them. Well, I, I'm, I'm hoping we find out more, and and maybe you know we can get Ma'am on here, or maybe we can, you know, just info release. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I wouldn't even say I'm s skeptical about it. I'm just, I'm disappointed. I mean, really, right off the bat, the first thing that pops in my mind is we've got MWO coming out, you know, awesome. But the Met Commander sort of series, that Met Commander uh, strategy game, I love it. And I, I yeah, I think really... you love Met Commander as much as I love Met Warrior. We're like opposite sides <laughs> of the coin. Well, there. I'd be really upset if 
you know, here comes a, a game out, and it, you know, I have to have a, a piece of hardware. You've been waiting specific. for the next Mech Commander for you wanted to create the damn thing, you know. <laughs> well, you know, if, if you know, if I can yep. snap my fingers. But anyways, um, they they're releasing, uh, you know, uh, new download wallpapers that there's no extra really news. There's an interview. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's. It's one of those things where I'm sure we'll just sort of find out more. So again, if you haven't checked it out, it's uh, www.mechwarriortc.com. I'll actually make sure to add that to our website and get it up um, and link that as well. And so check it out. All right now is we can cross our fingers and hope it, it you know, we find out more and it's positive. So um, again, check us out on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, give us a like, uh, you know, tell us. Uh, you like, you hate us, you you know, whatever. Uh, give us some feedback. If you have any questions, again, the Facebook and the forum, um, you know, we're we're trying to answer any and all questions and speculate and you know talk. And so, um, you know, anything you have, again, we'll just add to to this podcast and we'll try to get your questions in. And even if we mess up, you know, we'll hit it again, like Satorex, uh question from last week. Uh, so all in all, though. I'm I'm very happy with also the the form moderators. They've done a really good job. I know Stephen, you you've seen a few threads come and go already, and, and uh, because of you know users just being w would you call it trollish or just negative in nature? I mean, it felt that way to me. Um, there were a couple on there I noticed that just it felt like. They were trying to start a fight. It's just they negative really, energy, basically. Yeah, they to quote really, a hippie term. Yeah, they didn't want to uh, really put anything constructive in. Just kind of vent or rant. You know, and I get a I get a kick because uh, here you are, uh, right? You log on to the forums, and here are some post PGI. Show us some real stuff, you know, or is this just you know vaporware stuff? I mean, a vaporware. That whole thread came out, and it was just. You know, I, I posted once on that forum that said, you know, maybe even twice, but I posted, hey, this thread just needs to be locked because it's not going to go anywhere constructive. The, I mean, it's, it's it was basically created with a negative intention, basically calling them out and being selfish of, you know, PGI, you guys aren't really doing anything. All you're showing us is concept, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the the thing that got to, to me the most was that there was actual older people, like, agreeing, and it was just... Maybe not a green, but feeding the fire. Well, you know, there's there's some in that group that just want to see more because they are true fans, and so they're going to go, yeah, I want to see more. But I think there's people in there with malicious intent, and, you know, it'd be nice to see those people just leave. And maybe it's just me, but, uh, you know, when you call somebody out and say, hey, is this just vaporware? When they've spent so much time, they've literally put their entire company on the line to get this game out. Uh, it's really just a slap in the face and uncalled for. It is. I mean, it's and it's basically. Uh, and I know I've talked to, uh, you know, other people and other games in development, and similar problems happen. But it, it's it's very very selfish. I think. I mean, it's like saying, uh, "Hey, you guys don't know what you're freaking doing," or you know, uh, "You guys aren't doing it right," or you know, "You need to release," you know. I mean, really, I mean, who are we? Who am I to say... Yeah, show me your f credentials to yeah. be... <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not gonna go, hey, f Ryan, what the hell, dude? Get us a beta or shut up or, you know, pack your bags. Oh, you no, I mean, if, if you're gonna be a negative, and I'll stand firm, I, I, you know, I don't really, I, I don't tolerate it in real life, and I'm not gonna tolerate it on the forums. If you're gonna be a negative person, just, just, <laughs> just, just shut up, <laughs> you know? Yes. Amen. Uh, and if we lose a few uh, listeners to that, uh, oh, f you anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, awesome moderation, and you know they're they're even going in there and making sure it stays. You know, you can have adult conversations, adult discussions, and I could even say adult disagreements and you know confrontations. But just that, don't don't call people. I mean, they're they've done so much. I I never, ever, ever, ever remember Microsoft doing any of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, critiquing is cool. Talking about things is cool because we're fans. But it needs to be in a you know positive spirit because we want this game to be better because we want this company to succeed. You know, that's that should be the spirit in which we're doing it, not going in there just looking to start a fight and be an ass. You know, oh man, that, that concept it's awesome. You know, you know, amazing. You know, can't wait to see the next. Uh, you didn't have Microsoft do that. You didn't even back. Uh, MechWarrior 3, you didn't have those game developers doing anything what PGI is doing, but yet we have people calling them out. And it's They're doing like, it because they know that there's tons of dedicated fans. They're doing it for the fans. That's why. So, I guess that's our forum rant. And uh, <laughs> it's over. So, again, thanks guys for listening. Uh, you know, just to hit up Steven, if you're interested in the uh, Hyperpulse Radio, DJ, stuff like that. And uh, I'd like to say thank you again to our proud kilt-wearing Scotsman, Jock McGunn. Like him, love him, but God, do not smell him. And, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anything else, guys? This was your local Nuggets No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hell. This is Steven. Until next time, Mega Warriors. Ciao. Out. Well, you made me weep, and you made me moan. Well, you caused me to leave, child, my happy home. But someday, baby, you ain't worry my life anymore.
neighborhood What a dirty mistreater That was no good But someday, baby You ain't worry my life anymore Have a sister. I'm just saying. like 18 plus. Quiet I mean, on the if set. You, if you had one, so you're saying you want to hook me up?